Hey everybody, welcome back to Men's Leadership Podcast, and we are so excited to be joined today with Scott Merriweather, and Scott is an amazing man, and I'm so thankful that he is here and joining us today on our Men's Leadership Podcast. So Scott, today we're talking about how to be successful, and uh, you know, when I think about you, I mean, man, God has blessed you, uh, and you've been successful in a lot of areas of life, but especially in business, and tell us about something recently you were able to take a company public which is like the dream about every business guy. And then to be on the stock exchange, like on the platform, I mean, that's a big deal, right? It was a fun day. It was a fun process. And I mean, clearly I'll say, well, I didn't just take it public by myself by any means. I'm on the team and I'm a player, you know, but that's, and I think that's key things is that recognizing that it's not my company, it's, you know, our CEO and definitely the majority owner there. But, uh, but yeah, I was on the team, got to play a big part. And mm-hmm. so, um, you know, I was thrilled when I got the, the chance to kind of join this management team again four years ago, back in 2014. And this is one of our goals, one of our dreams. And we made it. And not ever coming to get to make it. And so for us, that was such a fun time. Uh, I was on an hour of sleep. I was exhausted. <laughs> but, uh, but it was, you know, it, we, we tried to just take that moment and just enjoy it for what it was. And then, you know, the, the, the other part of it is, okay, you get public, great. That's not the end of the story. You know, that, that is, that really just starts a new phase of the company and really just says, now, now you got to prove it. Now you got to keep growing. Now you got to keep performing. And so it, it's one of those moments where it's, you know, like any coach tells their football team, you know, enjoy this, enjoy this game today. Tomorrow we go back to work. That, that's kind of what it was yeah. for us. Well, tell us about that because for a lot of men, I mean, in the business world, I mean, man, that's how you define success, right? I mean, you take a company public and you're getting on the stock exchange and you ring the bell. And I mean, you know, you have a whole team that you, you know, take that and do that. How, how did that feel? I mean, what was the feelings that you were... Yeah, it was, I mean, the moment of, you know, when we're, when we're trading, because I, yeah, I remember riding in a cab in New York, and we're just continually hitting our phones, like, waiting to see that we were actually beginning to trade. Um, and so there's no hiccups, there's no mistakes, we're, we're fine. So finally, like, 10, 11 o'clock in the morning, the first trades kind of started showing up, and I'll admit there's a little bit of relief, like, okay, <laughs> this is really happening. Uh, and then it just, it was just elation. It was joy. It was, um, you know, there was just, you're proud. You get to look around the room at your team and say, this is what we did together. Um, so, you know, you take pride in that. You you enjoy the people you're with. Uh, and so that, yeah, it was, I mean, it was, it was a high, it was a high water moment. Uh, and it was a moment I'll never forget just mm-hmm. to, to be able to do that. It was fun to, you know, when we did the closing bell, and so to kind of do the countdown, and we'd been watching the stock all day, and we had a good first day. It traded up a good bit, and so, you know, it's always nice to have an IPO where you do well on yeah. the IPO date. Uh, but so that that was, it was a fun day. You know, we all went out to dinner that night. We all went, you know, and celebrated it, and it was it was celebratory. It was fun. So I love that. How. Uh, you know, being in business, you kind of see how people define success, right? And, and sometimes it's different, but uh, like in football, like you mentioned, you know, you can define success by wins and losses, you know, in different areas, it's pretty clear cut. But how do you think most men define success when it comes to business? Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of things we know. It's, it's money, mm-hmm. it's fame, and it's power, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I think those are the things that they drive all of us, and as much as we want to be immune to them or, or stay away, but I mean, m- most guys I know, that that's what they want. It's how big is my bottom line or how big is the company's bottom line? You know, what's my 401k looking like or my brokerage account? Um, 
how many people are working for me, how big a deal is my name, how much, when I walk in the room, how much does my, you know, gravitas carry, you know, like, mm. am I the one who gets to make all the decisions? Um, and, and that's what most people are, are shooting for. And, and, and no matter what kind of role you're working, you know, it's, you, you can just be a, a normal staffer, but you still want to be the staffer that when you raise your hand and says, hey, I think the team should do this, you want to be listened to. You want to be heard. And so, and, and it escalates no matter what layer you are in, a, in the org chart or anything. I think that's really what motivates most people with why they go to work is you know, most of us don't go to work to work for free. Yeah. Um, that's really not how the American economy works, yeah. uh, and nor should it. Uh, but it's, you know, people are usually working for one of those three things or all three of those things. Mm -hmm. uh, and, I, and I definitely see it all day. I see it with the people I work with. I see it with people who, you know, sit across the table with me or next to the table with me. That's, that's what most people are, are shooting for. And mm. I don't, you know, at the end of the day, there's nothing wrong with making money. There's mm. nothing wrong with wealth. I inherently, those things aren't bad. They're, they're, a lot of times, they're good things. They're, you know, God talks about blessing people with those things. Um, so a lot of those things aren't necessarily wrong in and of themselves. It's just a matter of, you know, does that become, for certain people, their only motivation? Is mm -hmm. that is is that become their god or their idol uh, in, of what is this is everything I'm doing is for this? Mm -hmm. um, uh, and, and I think that's where we got to look at what, what is our perspective, you know, and and what is our what is our motivation? Um, mm -hmm. Because you know I look around with all kinds of people I work with, and I see people I see a lot of people who say that guy's doing it right. I, I want to be more like that guy. And then I've also come to realize now as my career's progressing and as I'm moving into more leadership roles, I've got a lot of people looking at me mm. going, hey, do I want to be like that guy? Mm. Um, you know, is he doing it right? Is he doing it well? And, you know, I've got to be able to look in the mirror at the same time and go, hey, do I have my priorities straight? Am I setting the leadership example for a godly man and a man that I want to, you know, point, if I want to be pointing people to Jesus, mm -hmm. does my life do that right now? Mm. And I think that's the... I think that's the key here, you know, mm. so. I think that's so good. Uh, you know, I do think about, like, in that, in that worldly kind of definition of success, you know, it, it really is it ever enough money. Is it ever enough, you know, fame? Is it ever enough, you know, success? Um, and yet you have a different definition. I mean, just listening to you talk, there's a different definition. So how would you define success for you personally? Yeah, for me personally, it's... it's you know, it, it, that, just this word success is so intangible in its own way, and I think we all get to define it, but we, the world has standards for what yeah. they're going to call success, uh, but for me, it's, you know, it's across the board on a couple of things, because it's in different pockets, and that doesn't mean I'm compartmentalized, but it's more just saying, hey, success for me is, is going to be driven much more with a God-centered view, mm -hmm. and, and that means, you know, what, what, what does Jesus say success is? Mm -hmm. And when I look at Jesus, Jesus was relational. Yeah, everything he did was about relationships. And everything was, he did was for the glorification of his father. Mm -hmm. And, and I, that's why we're here in the first place is for, you know, God created, why did God create man in the first place? I mean, God created man for fellowship with him. Mm -hmm. And so if I look at that and go, okay, whoa, that's not, that's relational, that's people, that's not money, fame, power. Mm -hmm. um, some of those things may come with different roles you're in, but it's about people. Mm -hmm. And so when I look at my idea of what a success it is what impact am I having for God's glory through relationships? And that is, first and foremost, my own personal relationship with Christ. Mm -hmm. It then goes to my family, because if I'm not leading my family well, how can I, that, that's first. You've got to take care of what's in your 
direct, you know, God's told me this is given me the, my family. I have to take care of my family first. So am I leading well in my family? Am I being the husband I need to be? Am I being the father I should be? And after that, it is your, your friendships, your neighbors, the people, your coworkers, mm-hmm. uh, the other people you come in impact and you, you touch on a daily basis. What is the health of those relationships? And then, you know, sometimes you may be leading all those in a way that points to Christ. Sometimes you just may be leading them in a way that helps that person continue to grow in, in another area. Hopefully, uh, you know, sprinkled with maybe some you know, Jesus dust or whatever, like into where it's touching it with how you're doing, how you do everything. It touches every part of your walk. But you know, when they ask me what's what success for me, it is him. How am I, you know, impacting God's kingdom uh, in everything I do? Uh, because you know, I, I truly believe that you know we are called we're called to be stewards. You know, I, I believe that the when we go with it, that everything in this world is God's. He made the whole thing. He made the world. Um, every breath I take is a gift. Uh, five minutes from now, I could, middle of this interview, I could keel over because it's my time, and, and I'm okay with that. <laughs> and that's a weird place to be, but when you, it'd be, yeah, it's sad, but I, I'm okay with that. Uh, but then, you know, when you take a look at this, the gifts he gave me, the ability I have, the brain I have, you know, the, 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 that I was able to get certain degrees in college, and I was able to get the jobs, I was able to get that was all a gift from God. You know, he, he's made me the way he's made me and given me what he's given me. And so it is my job to do all those to my utmost. And it's about excellence. And I want to give my all, do my best in all those things in a way because it honors him. You know, God, we, we need to do all things for his glory. We need to give, do our best for his glory. And so su- success for me goes a lot more to just doing my best mm. at all times and everything I do and giving my best. Mm. And then I think God honors that, and I think God continues to bless him more. Mm-hmm. Or it may be a time of trial, but you know where He's refining you. But if you're doing your best, then you're being a good steward of what God's given you. Mm-hmm. And so for me, um, success a lot of, in a lot of ways is really just stewardship of doing my best in, the, in the, what He has given me to do. Mm, I love that. Kind of reminds me of what Jesus says, right? Seek first the kingdom of God. <laughs> And his righteousness and all these other things will be added to you. And a lot of times we seek the other things, right? And then we want a little bit of God over here. And yet he's going, no, stay focused here. Hey, tell me, because I know that was such a special time uh, at the stock exchange and being in New York. But there was something that happened that week, too, that <laughs> kind of put things yeah. in perspective. A little bit. <laughs> a little bit. Tell us about that. Yeah, so uh, my oldest daughter, Morgan, mm-hmm. she's nine. Uh, two Easter's ago, she had accepted Christ. Mm-hmm. And that was a huge day for our family. I mean, when, when you ask me what success is, you know, I, it, my hope and, and, and prayer every night is that, you know, each one of my daughters comes to know Christ. And... Morgan did, and it was awesome, and we celebrated that as a family. But she hadn't been baptized yet. She just, you know, was trying to get okay with the idea. She was getting used to it. She was just hadn't really said, okay, I'm ready. Um, and for a variety of circumstances, whatever the timing was and why, uh, there's some family stuff going on. You know, it just so happened that that Sunday, so, you know, I, w- I was in New York Thursday morning. That Sunday was the Sunday she decided we're doing baptism. And so I went through this whole week of a time when you can really get your focus out of, out, of, out of order. I mean, of any week in my life, for me to get a little bit, you know, too big for my britches, if you want, or to get too big ahead, um, she gave me this gift, and, and God ordained this gift for me, um, to be baptized on Sunday. So I had this perspective 
being on the stock exchange, seeing the 13-story Times Square stuff with our pictures on it, of I got to come home and baptize my daughter Sunday, and that was so much of a bigger deal. And um, I will always be thankful to her for that little gift. She'll never know um, really the impact it had on me. But it really, it, not, it didn't take away from New York. It didn't take away from the stock exchange. It, it probably actually freed me up to celebrate it more because it's, that was, that, that, that's temporary. Our stock could crash tomorrow. Now, I'm not, I'm, and from an, <laughs> probably need to cut that. Cause, uh, but I mean, who knows what's going to happen in the market? I have no control over that. I, 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 I can do my best, but I, there's so many things beyond what I can do or what I can worry about. Um, that, but that's something that can't take away. That's eternal. And so to have that blessing uh, that week mm. of all the weeks it could have been um, was truly a gift, but it also was a very present reminder from the Father that, hey, this is what's most important. Mm. And uh, I will always be very thankful for for that. Um, mm. Plus, I just got to baptize my daughter any week. But that would have been <laughs> awesome any week. But, I mean, so I, my, my company goes public middle of the week, and I baptize my daughter <laughs> on Sunday. That There's not going to be, a, there are very few weeks in my life that will probably ever compare to what an awesome week that was. Yeah. But it was such a gift to have uh, that with Morgan on Sunday, because mm. it really was you know, people ask, how was your week? I'm like, it was awesome. I got to baptize my daughter. Oh, and my company went public <laughs> as well, but baptizing Morgan was more important mm. um, and was more exciting. Yeah. yeah. How did you feel when you were baptizing her? I mean, were you, were you nervous? Were you, I mean, because I mean, you're not a pastor, you know, you're a dad, yeah. you know? And, yeah. I mean, <laughs> talk yeah. about that for dads out there who were saying, wow, you baptized your daughter. I mean, yeah, I, mean, was, well, I, I love that our church, uh, you know, allows, yeah. uh, you know, the, the, just the general partners in the church to, to participate in that. Um, it was, it's, it's awesome. I mean, it, it, to, to be able to, to bless your child that way, to be able to uh, affirm your child that way. Um, yeah, there's a part of it where you, you know, you, you, you're allowed to have a little bit of pride in it. Pride, pride isn't completely wrong when it's, you know, I think when it's good pride, if you will, but like, I was proud of my daughter. Um, and so uh, it was fun to be in that moment, but it was, you know, it's a holy moment, and it, it, it's humbling, you know, like, God, thank you, you know, thank you for this ability to stand here today, yeah. thank you for what you've called my daughter to, you know, thank you that uh, I have this relationship with her to where she wanted me to baptize her, um, and so, you know, but as a dad, that is the number one thing I'm called to do, and so it was so affirming to know that, hey, you know, I've got three girls, we're one down, you know, <laughs> check, I've got two more, but all right, God, this, this is awesome. So she's on the path. I need to keep her there. I need to keep her growing in her walk with you as she, as her mind continues to grow and expand. I, you know, I want her to grow closer to his heart, but wow, what a, I mean, just, there's, a, there's no greater joy as a dad than to watch your child accept Christ and then to follow him in baptism. Yeah. That, that, there's nothing better. Mm. Amen. That's awesome. Um, talk about that for a moment, because how Jesus defines success is really different than the way the, the world defines yeah. success. And you were talking back earlier about money and fame and power, which is really how most guys in you know, business or in the world, I mean, that's how we're taught to define success. But yet, how do you see Jesus defining success? Well, I'm, I'm going to flip it for a second okay. uh, and then and work my way towards that. You know, I mean, the, 
Jesus says, you know, that you can't serve both God and money. You can't have two gods, you know, because mm. and, and, he goes to the heart of it at the beginning because he goes, I know what's going to steal your heart. And I know that your heart is going to roam. I know mm. that you will, you know, the bright, shiny objects, you know, the, what, what, what glitters and, and is going to get you. Mm. Um, and, and guilty. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, we are all there. We, we all get distracted by these things. Um, I have to look myself in the mirror all the time. I, I, I'm probably the least qualified person to be sitting here because I know how, how off-center I get at times. And it's all about kind of coming back to his heart. So mm. it is, and, and no, I mean, I almost feel very unqualified to be sitting here talking about it because I know how much I am just prone to wander and prone to stray and prone to be just distracted by the bright lights. Um, but you know, Jesus, Jesus, it's, it's about my kingdom. It's mm-hmm. about my people. It's about, you know, when he gives the Great Commission, it, it wasn't, hey, guys, you know, go out and make tens of millions of dollars. It was, <laughs> hey, guys, go make disciples. And so, and, and for, that's what we're commanded to do. And, and that's what's eternal. That's what's going to matter. So for me, the perspective on, you know, what does Jesus want success? Jesus wants us to be growing his kingdom. And that means growing the number of disciples there are. And then of the people that are already, you know, are already believers. It's continuing to grow them up from babies to you know to young men to to mature men, in in their ability in their as their as they are disciples, mm-hmm. and so it, it's it's a very different perspective. It, it's a for the way Jesus defines success, it, it is much more of a sacrificial and dying to self success, uh, but because it, it advances his kingdom. Mm-hmm. And when you when you look at that and you re, and you start saying, okay, what's important? And I think this is something that all men struggle with, especially Christian businessmen struggle with, because mm-hmm. I, I do, is, okay, does my walk match my talk? Mm-hmm. You know, because like, I can talk a lot of good stuff about Christ. I've been in church since I was a, a bed baby. Yeah. You know, I was saved in second grade. I mean, I, I've been, I know the answers. Yeah. But now as an adult um, who knows the answers, but he's working hard and trying to do, do the business thing and make it work, you got to look at yourself. Does the walk match the talk? Mm. Um, and you know, some of the things we've had. I mean, I've I've had to make a lot of sacrifices uh, with, with some of the stuff we've done with work. Mm. Um, and there are times I've been way out of balance, and I've had to look at myself. The walk's not matching the talk, Scott. You know, mm. um, that doesn't mean we shouldn't work hard. Mm. It doesn't mean we shouldn't. We're allowed to be competitive. <laughs> you know, we're allowed to want to succeed. We're allowed to, to want to win. There's nothing wrong with those things. But it's what is your motivation for it? Mm. And is it for your own glory or is it for his? Mm-hmm. You know, and there are moments when, yeah, you're going to work, you're going to have to work late. Just projects happen, you know, like the, the IPO process. Um, I was way out of balance. I was working super late nights, but we knew it was for a season. Mm-hmm. But if that, I'm not going to do that forever, you know, and, and I'm not going to, that's, uh, I don't want that life. My family doesn't need me to have that life. Um, but for a season, I'll, we'll plug in. And, and my wife and I talked about it. We knew what we were getting into ahead of time. And, and she's as much of a part of that success story as I am because it, she had to step up big time at home. Mm-hmm. Um, but when we, when we get down to it is what, what's the motivation? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, you know, why are you working this hard? Or why, are you, why do you want that success? Is it just because you feel like you're doing your best just to strive for excellence? Or are you doing it because of your ego? Mm-hmm. Um, and so humility is a big, big part of this. Mm-hmm. About it's not about me. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, I, I have, you have to die to yourself every day. You got to look yourself in the mirror and go, why, why am I doing this? Mm. 
you know, I, I'm hoping that if I have success and God blesses me with material wealth through some of this stuff, I, I hope that frees me up to be able to be a more generous giver. Mm. Um, that's what I want. I, I want to be able to write any check I want to write to whomever I need to at the time to be that generous giver. It's not that I want to amass this hoard of stuff that I have in some storehouse that's just mine. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, Jesus' idea of success is, is people, and it's mm-hmm. the effect, of, uh, effect on people and just calling more to him. Mm-hmm. And so the things I have to do, I have to make sure that what I'm doing matches that. Mm-hmm. You know, am I leading people to Christ with the person I am at work? Am I doing that in my family? Am I doing that with my wife? Um, it's, yeah, it's a different perspective. Mm. And I, I, I love the way you talk about that because I think for every guy, I think for every, every man watching this, it's a struggle. I mean, it really is. And we start to run after uh, the things of the world and we want to be centered in Christ, right? And, and yet there's such a tug there. Oh. And, uh, and then the further we get down that road of success, as the world defines it, the harder it is to come back to the heart of God. Uh, and so how would, you, how would you encourage guys to be successful? Like you said, it's okay to be good and to make money and to you know, be competitive, but how would you encourage guys to stay centered mm. in the success of what Christ defines success to be? Yeah, I mean, I think you've just got to say, this is what I'm about. Mm. And, and make some That's things. That's good. Draw a line in the sand. Yeah, and just say, this is, you know, I, I got him for you, mm. and I'm for your things. So what does that mean? Where, where are the areas where I'm not, not that you're going to compromise, but I, I, these, these are the first things in the bucket, if mm. you will. Um, and so it's, you know, for, for, Ann and, for Ann and me, it's, you know, we, we started talking and saying, okay, there's only so much time in the day, and, and we've got a busy job, but what are the things we're not going to bend on? Like, you know, and, and some of that is, is it X number of nights at home to make sure you're doing dinner together? Mm. Um, is it being part of a community group or part of a Bible study? Is it, you know, what are those? And so this last year through the IPO process, it, very easy to bail out of all church things and only do work and try to get a few moments of rest and time with the family where you can. And we kind of went into it saying, okay, we're, we're going to try to do this a little differently. We're going to see what kind of balance we can achieve with this. But I had a group of guys that was leading in a Bible study. We had a community group. Um, you know, we were serving in a couple of other capacities in the church. And we said, okay, we're protecting those. Those come first. Those in, it, it's saying, that again, this is where I was saying walk, match, and the talk. If I say I'm about those things, then I need to make sure we do those things. Mm-hmm. And so it, we kind of had an unbending thing of like, no, we're not skipping out. Uh, just because things feel, be, feel, feel busy at the moment, we're not skipping out. Our kids need to see these are our priorities. We need to, in our marriage, need to make sure these are the priorities. So we're doing them. Mm. And it's amazing how things work out in the end. You know, that you still, I, we still had time to get all the other stuff done. All the other work stuff got done. Mm-hmm. Um, we still worked hard, still worked a lot. But you know, Monday nights, I need to be at Bible study. Mm-hmm. And so that meant just, hey, it's Monday at 6 o'clock. I'm just leaving the office. And I know I can stay at the office till 10, 11 if I need. I, I, I'm sure I could have found something to do for four or five hours and worked more. But you just pick up and leave because that's what's most important. And the work stuff happens. It, it, it gets done. Um, I still pulled my weight. I wasn't the slacker on the team. But I made sure that what was we, what we said was most important was most important was done. And so I, I think that's what you have to decide is what is it you're about? What is it you're for? What is it you're fa- what's most important to your family? 
and do those things. Mm-hmm. And the other stuff's going to, work's going to get done. And it, there's an unending amount of it. It'll, you always have it. Mm-hmm. But at the, at the end of the day, all the, all the money in the world, you can't take that with you. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the relationships. And, and what, are, what are your treasures in heaven? You know, when you talk about storing stuff up that, you know, where moth and rust destroy, you know, you know mm-hmm. my, your house falls apart. Mine does many times, you know you buy a boat, the boat's going to break, I promise. You know, like, uh, the things of this world fall apart, but those relationships we store up in heaven, I think that's, that's, the, that's the treasure in heaven. Mm. And I, I care a lot more about when, when I get there one day, looking around and seeing, you know, all the people that, A, poured into me, mm. where I may be part of their treasure, you know, but I hope I see people I poured into. Mm-hmm. And that matters so much more. And so, but that means today, mm-hmm. and what I do daily now needs to back that up. Mm-hmm. And that means I need to make those things my number one. I need to make those things my priorities. Mm-hmm. Um, and you got no one to blame but yourself when you look in the mirror um, yeah. and say, Why, the, you made the priorities, you made the choices. So it, it is a, it's a personal choice. And the great news is you can also start today. You know, I mean, as much guilt as you can have of what you've done for the last year or five years, 10 years, great, start today. Mm-hmm. But this is what I'm for, and I'm not bending on these. We, we are doing these things. We are we're Bible study, community group, whatever it is. But I, I'm doing those things. And then if there's a other margin that pops up later to add some other things, great. But at least those couple things, uh, we're not bending. Mm. So. Man, I love how you said that because I think so many times guys can sell their soul to <laughs> success and to the world and to money and fame, and and uh, and then even their family, right? You know, you're running after all that and then you don't have time for church, you don't have time for community and you look up one day and a year's gone by, five years gone by, 10 years and, and then your whole family's disconnected and you just go, wow, what happened? And you have to set those priorities. That is such a good word. I think you set those priorities with your time. I think you set those priorities with your money. Yeah. And uh, I appreciated you saying that earlier because it's, you know, tithing, it's like that first 10%. It's easy when you make $100, right? You can give 10 bucks. It's easy when you make $1,000, like 100 bucks, okay, but then all of a sudden you make $100,000, it's like, whoa, $10,000 check, that's tough, you know, and God's going, I gave you 90, that, you yeah. know, but somehow we forget that as we get more successful, and uh, you have to set those priorities, right? Oh, I mean, absolutely, I mean, for, uh, for us and our family, and I, I'm not going to get into the, you know, the technical side, is it gross, is it net, uh, make your own yeah. choices there, right. uh, but it, it is, there's a commandment to tithe, it's yeah. 10%, and, and I, one of the challenges I was given early, and, and I I still look at myself and, and I talk about it all the time is, you know, as our wealth increases, mm-hmm. and, and frankly, our wealth in this little area of the world we're in right now is extravagant, and we are, have such a terrible perspective on how extravagant our wealth mm. truly is. But as my wealth increases, as my paycheck increases, as my brokerage account increases, whatever those things are, is that all for me to where my own standard of living can just increase every time, or should my standard of giving increase? Mm. Um, and that's a big time challenge. That is um, because for me, tithing—it's it, not that. That's that's not even a optional. That's a you know that that's a check the box mm-hmm. in my mind. That's a clear command, um, and I think God, um, I think He rewards those to some degree that mm-hmm. you know are uh, are disciplined in that regard. But you don't do it for any kind of reward. Uh, that's not you do it out of obedience, mm-hmm. and and because. Tithing breaks that hold of money you have on you of being because you're recognizing God, this is yours in the first place. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
I wouldn't have this without you. The, everything in this world is yours in the first place. It's, that, for me, is just the first step. And if you're not tithing, that's mm-hmm. not a guilt thing, but it's more just start working towards it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you're giving zero now, maybe start giving 1% or 5% to where you can get to kind of that 10% number. But, or go all in, you yeah. know, and start at 10. But work towards it. Work towards you can get your finances to do that because I think that's just, it's a God-honoring thing. It's, it's, it's a command. I think we all should be doing it. But beyond that, um, it, how generous are you? <laughs> and and uh, that, mm. that's where Anne and I look at ourselves uh, and challenge ourselves of going, okay, tithing is great, and I think we should absolutely be doing it, but, but am I, would I be considered a generous giver beyond that? Mm-hmm. Um, and as you know, I've had the opportunity for my own finances to grow, you know, the company's done well, what's my standard of giving? What should that do? That's a challenging question. Mm-hmm. That's not a fun question, too, because, I mean, we all, you get that pucker factor in your chair, you, you start going, you start realizing how grabby you are. It's all mine. It's all mine. Yeah. And you go, God, it's not mine. Mm. Um, and, like, there's nothing wrong with accumulating wealth. There's nothing wrong mm. with, with with having means. Mm. But, you know, you got to recognize it's not yours, and mm-hmm. it, it could all be gone tomorrow. We should be smart. We should be good stewards of what we have. Uh, I, I think we are absolutely commanded to, you know, to be smart with what we have. Mm-hmm. But we have to recognize at the beginning that it's not ours in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for me, tithing is an is a must. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think if we're if someone's not tithing, they really need to kind of look at themselves and go, why? What what is it about it? And it's uh, we we want to hold so hard to what's ours because in I, it, I'm not trying to convict anyone or, or just throw darts at people, but it, it's it's so much of an ego and a pride thing, and it, we, you got to break that. Mm. Um, but after that, then I think the next challenge, especially for people living in America, you know, we're here in Williamson County in Tennessee, mm. which is one of the richest counties in the U- United States. How generous are we really, mm. and how much of it do I really think is for me? And that's hard. Mm. Uh, that's when, that's when you're spiritually wrestling over your financial decisions, and you know where you spend your money says a lot about where your heart is. Mm-hmm. Um, um. And so, I would probably challenge other people, you know, watching this and other Christian men about really looking at themselves that way too, and and looking at how they spend their money, and and not in a guilt way, but just saying, hey, how generous are you really? Mm. Um, and. Ooh, like that. Who? That, I mean, I, that's when I start sweating in my own like in my own <laughs> code. I mean, it, it, that's hard. Yeah, I, I struggle with that daily. I'm not. Uh, yeah, I, I'm. I'm kettle calling pot black here. Yeah. That, that, uh, I do not have this down. I am not a saint in this regard. And, and uh, this is where I say I feel the most unqualified to sit in this chair and say it. But that's what we're. That's what. That's what A and I are wrestling through right mm-hmm. now. Those are the questions we are having. It's like, what does this look like for us as we move forward in our marriage? As you know. The business career, if it stays on the track, it's on great. If it mm. pulls way back down the road, that, that, that's fine too. But we just want to make sure we get the, this part right. It's mm. all about the heart of the matter. So. Well, I, I'm glad you're wrestling with these questions. And I hope every man wrestles with these questions because if we don't, then we end up just pulling away and drifting away from the things of God. And because the way Jesus defines success is so contrary to the way the world defines success. Oh, and And I love what you said, Scott, and you're so wise here, but it seems like you know, the antidote to just running after wealth is generosity. The antidote to running after fame is humility. And the antidote to running after power is love. And when you were talking about those, the way the world defines success, and then you said, here's how Jesus defines success. I mean, you're hitting it. And uh, 
I'm just appreciate that. So one last question. What do you want your legacy to be? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm very thankful for uh, some people who've gone before me. Mm. Um, I have a, 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 a family legacy of faith um, where I look at my grandfather and my grandmother and there's all the grandchildren are believers. Wow. That's shocking. That <laughs> really, that shouldn't, ha- that's not the odds, it's not the numbers, but it was because you, when we uh, gather as a family and we go, look what these two people started, mm. you know, and and when you have, when you add in spouses and you start adding great, like, you know, you're in the 30s, 40s, 50s of believers, and not just believers, but believers who are actively involved in their church, who are serving as deacons and serving mm-hmm. as ministers, and, and, you, and you realize, wow, what a legacy of faith. And so I look at that example ahead of me, and I go, what do I want my legacy? I want it to look like that, <laughs> you know. Um, so I, I want to have disciples that I help bring along. Uh, it starts with my kids. Mm-hmm. And then it's other people, you know, students, mm-hmm. other, that I want. I want to look at people I've worked with, and when I look at their career uh, 10, 20 years from now, that the time they spent working with me or on my team helped grow them, uh, both professionally. I, I want to help people continue to grow and develop, but hopefully it's people. Yeah. It's where they learned lessons, and they said, I want to do it that way, mm-hmm. and, and to carry that out. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, on my tombstone, I, I want it to be, this, this was a man of faith, mm-hmm. and he lived it day to day, and I hope that when there's a funeral one day, and hopefully it's a long time away, and I'm old and died a happy, happy, happy life, but it's, that there, it's a celebration uh, of a worship service because it was like, hey, he did it right. He mm-hmm. was faithful to the end, and he loved on people, and look, Look, look at what God did through him to bring other people to faith. Mm-hmm. And if that's what it is, whatever happens in the business world, whatever happens you know, financially, all those things, those are afterthoughts. Yeah. You know, it, 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 it's here's the relationships that this man had, mm-hmm. and here who is, here's who's closer to Christ because of that. And that's all I could ever want. Yeah. So... Wow, I, I love that. And I really do think it comes back to every guy. We have to decide, how do we define success? How do we define success? Is it going to be the world or is it going to be Christ? And Scott, I just want to just say to you, being able to watch you, you know, you're a man after God's heart. And I love seeing that. And I love seeing the um, husband you are, the father you are, the son you are. Um, and God's using you and you're impacting so many lives. And so I'm thankful for the business success, but I'm even more thankful for the man that you are in the faith success that you're living out every day. And so, guys, thanks for joining in on the podcast today. We want you to know that uh, God has a plan for you, and God has put you where you are for a reason or for a purpose, and we're praying for you, praying that um, God would draw you close to his heart and use you for his glory. And, uh, man, join us again on Men's Leadership Podcast and just see what God can do as he grows us, each of us to be men after his heart. So let me pray for us right now. God, thanks for today. Thanks for speaking through Scott. Thank you, Father, for the truth about how you've called us to be men. And God, we admit, I mean, we all struggle with the way the world defines, whether it's wealth or fame or power. And yet, God, I pray that we can be different. I pray that, Father, the way that we walk would equal the things that we say, that equal our talk, and the way that we live our lives, God, would point people to you. And so help us to be godly husbands and fathers and help us be men after your heart. 
and people who define success the way Jesus defines success. And it's in the name of Christ we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. Tune in next month for our next podcast. Thanks for being here.